There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping leaders to cultivate meaning and purpose in the workplace to elicit passion, inspire contribution, and persevering performance within the organization. So I seek out and bring on guests who have a particular perspective, experience, or expertise that I think contributes to or expands this conversation. And as a management consultant and social scientist, I draw on the meaning and work and identity research I've been doing over the last 15 years, as well as my experience consulting, speaking, and developing workforces across the globe. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Gwen Rich. She is a wife, mother of four, an accredited image stylist, small business owner, philanthropist, and Wall Street Journal best-selling author of Stop Complaining, Make Your Own Luck. After eight years and eight misdiagnoses, Gwen was ultimately diagnosed with incurable metastatic breast cancer in 2012. Struggling to decide what to do with the time she had left, she launched the Gwen Marie Collection, Purses with a Purpose, in 2014. Gwen continues to fulfill her mission of helping others. Her legacy on the go is the development of an online teaching community called The Rich Solution. In our conversation, we talked about the history of breast cancer, what women can do to prevent it, and learned about these amazing initiatives she's pouring herself into despite her diagnosis. With us this week is Kate Benedict, a member of Generation Z and a 17-year-old junior high school student at Lake Hill Preparatory School here in Dallas. She spent years cultivating a dedicated career in dance and is now excitedly preparing for another chapter in her life, college in a couple years, and potentially a career in global broadcast journalism. We'll talk about her early career in dance, her ongoing transformation as a student venturing into global broadcast journalism, and how she plans to use her strengths and talents in this career. She joins us today from my studio office right here with me here in Dallas. Kate, welcome to Working on Purpose. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Isn't it great? I'm so happy to have you. I I will share with our listeners, I've known you for years and I've seen you blossom into this beautiful young woman that you are. And I'm so impressed and happy to have you on the show. I'm really excited to be here. (laughs) Well, let's start uh, by talking about you and the other kids you know that you go to school with. In other words, we'll call it Generation Z. So that's anybody that's generally under age 22 at this point. So I know that you are certainly not the typical high school youth, for sure. Um, but can you help us understand what do people your age care about, focus on? What are they What are they talking about? Um, I feel like most people will, first of all, I don't want to speak upon behalf of other people because they have their own opinions and their own voices. And I want them to share what they're doing with their life and their time. But like based on what I've seen from my friends, I feel like it's all about making connections and really working together to, you know, increase social blade, I guess, and, you know, become, you know, the highest ranking person in popularity and, you know, going out and doing things like going to concerts and parties. And I never got to experience that. So obviously I'm a little bit behind in that aspect of life, but I'm ahead in many others, but they, you know, tend to focus on a lot of social activities. Okay. I didn't either when I was that age. I was also very focused on the world of work, and I had two really great girlfriends that were important to me, but I was definitely zeroed in more on work like you have been, too. Yeah. 
So I've always known you to be this incredibly razor-focused young person, and you really went after a year developing your talents in dance. So first, how old were you when you got into dance, and why dance? So we moved to Dallas when I just turned six. Um, We moved from Naples, Florida, so it was a very different environment. It was, you know, going from the nice sandy beaches to, you know, a cold Dallas winter. (laughs) So my parents wanted me to, you know, get into all these activities. Um, I actually joined my school's soccer team. Um, My parents immediately knew it was not the right fit for me, considering (laughs) I was actually on the soccer field running away from the team, the soccer players, picking up dandelions and skipping around the field. (laughs) Um, I got the image. uh, So they put me in dance classes because, you know, they figured I was more on the artistic side rather than the more athletic, like soccer, basketball, softball type. But, yeah, I... I mean, I immediately blossomed. My parents, they remember my first show. It was like, I think I was seven at the time, maybe, because it was the next spring show, or maybe I was still six. But I was in like this little cha-cha costume with like red fringe all over it. And I just stood out on stage and I was a really shy kid. And my parents were watching me and they were like, that's my daughter, but like, that's not my daughter. Like, they were just like shocked and they knew like, this like she has to be on stage she has to do something like in front of an audience because it like really like you know shows who she really is it lights you up yeah it it light it lit my fire that's so awesome well what is it about dance before we talk more about some of your other interests i want to really under get acquainted with what was that like for you to live in that world of dance what did you love about it gosh there's so many things i loved about it there's i wouldn't say the culture is necessarily the healthiest considering there's so much competition and it is, it's really intense. Um, you know, I was training really intensely and my dance friends were my closest friends cause they, you know, we all did the same thing. We all danced at the same classes at the same rate. We were all, you know, doing the same thing. We we're in the same pieces together. But in reality, they're your enemies, they're your competition. Because when it comes time to you know, enroll in spots in companies and audition and play some companies, you know, you're competing against them. So if your friend doesn't get the spot and you do, it's like, oh, sorry about that. Like, I'm going to go pursue my dream now. Have like, good luck, you know? So it's, wow, it's very, it's so brutal. It's really difficult to make friends, but it's very easy to lose friends. I I can imagine. Um, I don't know if you answered a little bit about what you liked about it. Oh, yet. sorry about That's that. That's okay. I want to um, hear that. And then I want to get something else behind underneath that as well. Yeah, sorry about that. No um, worries. What I like about it, I mean, as a kid, I never really, like, found my passion early. Like, most people found their passion early. They found dance when they were, like, two or three. Um, you know, they had soccer or baseball, or not baseball, softball, um, basketball. They had found their niche, and I didn't find my niche until a lot later. Um, six. Which I, yeah, six. <laughs> Put this into context. A three-year difference. A three-year difference is, I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's kind of a lot. I mean, it put me behind the dance curve. So when I really got to training, I really had to step it up and work hard. But it really gave me a way to express myself. So when I couldn't put into words, I put into action and movement. And, like, I would you know, have like the worst day at home. Like Ethan would make me mad because 
I don't, you know. He's your brother. Boy, That's his job. Brother. It's like boy things. Like, you know, he just, he's a boy. So, you know, he would make me mad. And I would go into the studio and I would lock myself in the studio. I would turn on my music and I would just forget about it. And I would like, I would dance my struggles and my pains away. And it was like the most amazing thing. And I would like critique myself on the way. I mean, depend, like I would always, you know, find out what dance I wanted to do. So like if, whether it was ballet, like if I wanted to feel more soft and like, you know, really tensing up, but like that was my favorite field of dance. Um, or if I wanted to do like lyrical or contemporary and get like really like gritty and like earthy, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And get like Yummy. really into it. And like, I would just improv and I would like be like leaping across the floor. Like I would look crazy, but I had this, I had this favorite studio and it's in the very back of the whole complex. And there's this amazing view of like lovers and in wood and it's just so pretty. And I would go there either like late at night or like early-ish in the morning. So the sun would either still be rising or setting or it would be completely dark. And there's trees and like the natural light just like filters in. And it's like the most beautiful thing. And you just start dancing. And like once you start, it's like so hard to stop because you're just going. And then you, you know, obviously see yourself in the mirror and you're like, okay, let me fix that. But otherwise, <laughs> like it was like the environment and like feeling of being in that studio and being able to express myself in a way that not a lot of other people could mm-hmm. when I couldn't express myself. It was like amazing. Well, that was a beautiful narration. Thank, Thank you for you. sharing. Thank that. you so much. <laughs> and to help our listeners understand your commitment to this, just what you did in this space, help us understand, like, how much time did you spend per week working oh, at this? Gosh. Um, well, I probably on average spend about four, depending on what time period I was dancing in. So I trained with Paul Mejia, who's the former protege of George Balanchine back in his prime up in Arlington. And I would spend 12 hours a day in the studio at the actual complex. Um, 12 hours a day. 12 hours a day. So I would be there from about 8 a.m. to my last class ended at 8 p.m. And I'd be dancing about five to six of those hours and then I had a Pilates class and obviously I did online school so I obviously procrastinated and didn't do a lot of work so I would go into the studio and dance rather than doing school work so but actually training was probably like six hours okay that's a very very intense effort I wanted to make sure their listeners understood just what you put into this craft of yours oh yes yeah. talent it's yours. really serious I mean the names I was training with are like you know, global names. Like I went to a dance competition in Los Angeles and I'm like, I normally didn't do competitions. Um, but this one, I put a contemporary piece in and it got the finals. Um, and Nigel Lithgow, the host of So You Think You Can Dance was the judge. Wow. Nigel cool. Lithgow. And I like, I, 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 there's actually a picture of me. Nigel Lithgow is walking in the building and I'm in the background and there's, my face is just like, oh my God, he's right there. Like he's right there in person. It's amazing. Um, but he was my actual judge for my piece. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, and I don't get nervous, but it was very like, this is like one of the biggest names in dance. Like I have to do really well. That's gorgeous. Such great experience. And I want to say something really quick before I take you on to the next thing I want to ask you about. But you said you were behind the eight ball at age six. You do realize that there are people in their 40s and 50s who haven't figured out what they're going to be when they grow up. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I just want to make sure that you get that context. I mean, like, just in my friend group, like, 
everybody had kind of figured out what they like what their sport was and they were like you know good at their school like you know they like fit the normal role of you know elementary middle school kid and I did not so I felt kind of like oh I need to figure out like what that is but dance you know like filled that void and I like found my niche and it was incredibly far from normal but like you know it fulfilled me in the way that the other kids in my grade their you know their activities fulfilled their void and Mm -hmm. dance filled mine Mm -hmm. so it's gorgeous so you know the show is all about work. Yes. It's all about this whole place. And I wanted to bring you on for lots of reasons. One, I want to be able to help our listeners across the globe understand a bit more about Generation Z. Now, I don't think you're a perfect representation of that because I think you're quite an extraordinary human being. That's not to say that the rest of your generation isn't. Yes. But I do like to be able to bring on voices from different generations to help us understand how people see work and how they experience it. So for you, what does work mean to you? For me... Work should obviously be hard. It should be challenging. Um, You should, you know, push yourself in your work. It should make you, it sounds weird, but it should make you uncomfortable. You should push yourself so far that you're uncomfortable. And then once you get past that uncomfort, you are comfortable. And then you just continue pushing. But even though work is hard, that doesn't mean it should be fun. Like it needs to be, there needs to be, entertainment and fun and you need to enjoy what you do like I I'm not the accountant type I would just be miserable doing accounting and numbers all day um and that's hard for me but there are some people who love accounting and that's what they want to do for the rest of their lives and it fulfills them but for me like I really want to push myself in what I do and I want to push boundaries and I want to create new boundaries for myself but I'm still gonna have a good time doing it Mm-hmm. Okay, so the challenge piece is really important to you, and you're going to continue to grow and push yourself. You recognize it's not always going to be a party. That's amazing. But I want to, ha- I mean, I want to, for the most part, have a good time. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's totally fair. Really quick, there's an author that I'm currently reading, and I hope to have on my show, Emily Esfahani-Smith. She's she's written a book about meaning, and she's she's talking about how important it is to find meaning in our work. And, and not look for happiness. It doesn't have to be happy, but yes. meaningful. And I think she's spot on right. Yes. So, you know, I really appreciate your perspective. Yes. It seems very mature to I me I definitely well. think they should coexist. Okay. Like, they need to, I mean, they're not always going to work together, but I feel like at certain times they will cross paths and they'll work together. Okay. I can live with that entirely. Work together, get it? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I just noticed that I had to to make it. Of course you did, given your strengths, which we'll talk about here in a second. But before we do that, one last question before we we go on a break here. I think that who we associate with in life is really, really important. In fact, it can actually determine really who you become in many ways, according to Robert Keegan, who's a a social psychologist. So who are the major influences in your life and how they contribute to who you are today? I don't think I can just limit (laughs) that. Yeah. Um, But I don't think I can just limit the, um, like, it can't just be who's an influence. It has to be what and when and where, like certain times and certain places. Um, so the major ones. Yeah, like major ones, like mistakes. A mis- like mistakes are like the biggest influence on me because without mistakes, like mm. I can't grow. Learning from my mistakes, like for example, in dancing, like I would, you know, my teacher would correct me on a mistake or even I would correct myself and I would realize, okay, so I have to fix this. And yes, it took time, but it 
really benefited me because I learned and I was like, okay, so now that I'm thinking about this mistake, I'm not going to make it anymore. Because, you know, you okay. just, it's like muscle memory. It's a little hard when you're dancing because if you make a mistake for so long, um, you know, your muscles are going to get used to that and you have to like really work hard to change it. Um, but I think it's after a while, it gets easier to fix. Um, I mean, obviously my parents, cause they allow me to do so much. They, you know, help me make the, like the biggest decisions in my life. Um, they really, I mean, I was the one who want, like really wanted this. I was like, I want to train with Paul Mejia. I am like begging you, please let me. Cause I got into Booker T. I got into Booker T. Washington and I deny my acceptance like 48 hours before school started to go train with Paul Mejia. Wow. Which is actually the biggest choice I've made in my whole life. That's actually, huge. I have never made a bigger choice than that. And I don't like looking back, I don't regret it, but I think sometimes like, where would I be now if I didn't make that decision? Mm-hmm. Like it, it would be points. so different, so different. And I recognize it's the biggest decision. Like my parents, when I was like really trying to, you know, set in like this, you know, I can't describe it in words, but like, I really wanted this, like more than anything in the whole world. It was like my passion. I was like, this is like New York City Ballet in the palm of this person's hand. And I am about to take it like that's huge. And my parents were like, this is the biggest decision of your life. You have like, are you sure? Are you 100% sure? I was 14. Like, it's a big decision to make when you're 14, let alone probably like 40, you know, it's a big choice. Um, and I made that choice. So, and they were the ones that allowed me to make that choice. So I'm really grateful for them. And even my friends, my friends teach me so much. They really influence me from like a culture standpoint. Cause each person I know is different. I was actually talking with a friend of mine today, but, um, you know, each person has like a part of another person in you, which is like amazing. Oh, I love the way you said that. That's he, beautiful. Like we were all sitting at the table in the library and he was like, the reason that we all hang out together is because I have a piece of each and every person sitting at this table in me and you have a per- piece of each and every single person in you. Like it, it really stuck to me and I was like, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. It's profound. Yeah. And on that note, let's take a quick, take a quick break. And if you have more to say after about, about influences after the break, we'll catch it then. Oh, I think I hit the spot, but okay. we can go ahead and take a break. I'm good. Okay, cool. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We run the air with Kate Benedict, a member of Generation Z and a 17-year-old junior high school student at Lake Hill Preparatory School here in Dallas. She spent years cultivating a dedicated career in dance and is now excitedly pursuing and preparing for another chapter in her life, college in a couple years, and potentially a career in global broadcast journalism. She joins us today from my studio office with me here in Dallas. We've been talking a bit about her early career, her work ethic, and where she started from early on at age six. After the break, we're going to get into this new focus on global broadcast journalism. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose.
This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Kate Benedict, a 17-year-old junior high school student at Lake Hill School here in Dallas. She spent years cultivating her extensive talents in dance and celebrates this career with the pinnacle of training and performing with the Boston Ballet in July and August of 2016. She is now excitedly preparing for another chapter in her life, college in a couple years, and potentially a career in global broadcast journalism. Okay, so from here, Miss Kate, I want to now rivet our conversation on this new focus that you have and kind of where that came from from you this is fairly recent for you so I want to understand first when did it show up in your life as something that you're focused on and where did your interest in global broadcast journalism come from well after I stopped dancing I had to find a different way to express myself like I said before dance was my way of you know putting my thoughts out there um and once I stopped that I didn't know what to do so I was like how do how do I express how I feel because I'm feeling all these things I've just stopped dancing it was a very emotional time and I turned to writing and that was really like it was just really good for me because I could put my words down on a sheet of paper or on a computer and I just I felt instantly better because everything just let go so you know, relieving for me because I finally got it out and I could be poetic about it and like really artistic and metaphorical and, you know, bring nature or time into it. But it really helped me, you know, grow. And I guess, um, you know, with traveling a lot, our family travels a lot. We just went to Europe this summer. I went to Costa Rica by myself this summer for a service trip. Um, you were in Greece recently. Greece. Right? We went on a sailing trip in Greece, mm-hmm. and I did a teen leadership building service adventure type trip uh, in Costa Rica in June. Um, I, I mean, we started traveling and like really, actually, no, we've traveled for like the longest time. But international travel, we just got into recently since you know we're more mature and we can really handle multiple cultures. Um, but I just fell in love with it I've always loved traveling as a kid traveling for like dance competitions and performances was so much fun for me and being able to travel and not just experience dance but experience like culture and actually living my life Mm -hmm. and being like carefree and observing and like seeing all these new things that I don't see back home was so amazing and I was like I need to write all this down this is like it's overwhelming how uh, how much detail there is in different cultures that we don't see and even that we do see. Mm. Oh, well, you know, I love to travel too. And I love <laughs> the international piece of it as well. And so for me, that's why I do cultivate my language skills because I want to be able to connect with people in other languages. Yes. I study their culture before I ever go. So it's interesting to me that you have hit upon a field that we'll talk, we'll get to in just a second here, that does seem to really call out a lot of your beautiful talents, how you've been able to transform your talents from dance and what you got from that into now writing and then, of course, speaking. Yes. So how do you think this career suits you then? What, how do you, what is it about a career in broadcast journalism that you think will suit your talents? Well, with dancing, I was always very comfortable on stage. I never got nervous in front of a large crowd and never worried me at any point um and I feel like with journalism and being you know on air like I am right now I feel comfortable I feel at home like at home almost Mm -hmm. which sounds very strange but it it feels homey um 
And I just think it would be really great for me because I could express myself in writing and language and be in front of an audience and connect with people because I love meeting new people. It's like my favorite thing. It's it really like fulfills me. It's so nice being able to make like a new connection with someone. Well, as we talked about, we might as well just talk about your strengths now because one of the things that was so great about working with you on your strengths is when I first saw your results come back, I got your top five back. And your number one was woo, which stands for winning others over. I just let out a a squeal of laughter. It was so funny. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly right. No one is safe in your presence, right? You can talk to anyone, anywhere, anytime. Yeah. Right? It's so great. It's, I mean, I just feel comfortable talking to everyone. And I know not everyone feels comfortable talking to me because, like, I'm a very loud, energetic person. And I put out this really, like, confident persona. And I'm like, I'm here. Like, talk to me. Um, or I'll come talk to you, you know, but everybody's like, oh my gosh, she's so energetic. And I mean, even going to Costa Rica, I, I was in a group of seven other girls that I did not know. I was with complete strangers. And by the end of the week, we were all like sisters. It was so amazing. Cause we all just connected. And I think a lot of us all had the same strengths. Cause you know, in order to, you know, go on these trips, you you know, kind of have to be a leader and you have to be confident. You're traveling by yourself internationally for the first time and, you know, you're all by yourself and you're very independent, but also very dependent on the people around you. Um, I've already signed up for another trip with the company. I'm going to Morocco this summer. I'm I'm, going in your back pocket. I'm so excited for Morocco. It's going to be really great. Um, But it's just good to be able to connect with people. And I feel like this job will really suit me and help me connect. So uh, I want to say, well, first, before I say this, just to, just to clarify, it's very likely that the people that you were on the, on the, on the trip with don't have your same strengths, but somehow you guys find a way They don't have my to... same strengths, but they probably have like one or two in common. They're yeah, maybe. Very, I mean, not like the exact same five. They're not going to have woo communication and all that. But, I mean, they might, but... You're unique, and we each kind of come to this party differently, but uh, you probably are the one that's facilitating a lot of that conversation. For sure. Okay, so that's kind of what I wanted to call out. I got to that airport, and I was like, what's up, guys? Who's ready for Costa Rica? You know, like, I was all... (laughs) I was all jazzed up. Like, I was up early that day, but I was still, like, so excited and just ready to like go do something new well it's great and and so i i think i think it's just as we talked about before i think this is a very good career path for you based on what i know so when you think about this i mean how do you what do you imagine doing when you're working in this field what do you imagine you're going to be doing in this work like day to day day to day um i guess Oh gosh, it's so. I mean, I don't want to like predict my own future. I mean, why? That's I want I want it to be spontaneous. I want things to happen <laughs> and just be like, okay, you're gonna go to like Australia, like in a week, and I'm gonna be like, all right, sounds good, you know. But I mean, day to day, I'll have you know my house or apartment as my little base when I'm not traveling, and my job will hopefully give me the opportunity to travel a lot and experience new people and new places and new things. Which is, like, what I love to do. Yeah, and even if my job doesn't allow me to do that, I'm still going to do it recreationally. I'm going to travel as much as I can because it's what I really love to do. Mm-hmm. I think it would be brilliant to get paid to travel. So oh, I, that would be I, the I always, best. I always thought once we lost Anthony Bourdain, 
I was like, pick me, I'll be his replacement, pick me, um, I'll do it. Um, so I completely am with you. And that's why I do a lot of speaking across the globe, too, because I love to connect with other people, different yeah. cultures, and I get that. There's jobs that, like, let you stay in hotels. They pay for you to go to these hotels in, like, Fiji and Bora Bora and, like, just review the hotel. But yes. I don't want to stay in hotels my whole life. Well, the other thing about that job for you is you wouldn't, you're, you don't, you're not, I don't think the interaction piece is I'm not using my strengths. Would, yeah, yeah. And also, you wouldn't get to have as much in, robust conversation as I think you would like in order to engage with people that you meet and, and with the hotel staff, I for don't sure. think. Oh, yeah, no way. Uh, um, okay, so let's dive into how your your strengths could actually help you do this work. And it's important that we say that in terms of strengths, I'm a certified Gallup Strengths Coach, and strengths are not anything that that really help us decide what we can do. It's more about how we go about doing things. So they're not a way for you to decide what you should be doing. Oh, I have analytical, so I should go into this job or whatever. So you have woo, which is winning others over. And we already talked about, I can totally see that for you going into a brand new country, meeting people you've never met before and being able to talk with them, connect with them somehow, that is going to be incredibly useful for you. For sure. So say a little bit about how you how you imagine interacting and meeting brand new people to put them at ease to talk to you I mean even when I just transferred to Lake Hill last year I my first day I was obviously nervous it's a new school it's a new environment but I feel like I easily made a really solid group of friends I feel like everyone at that school is my friend there's not a single person that I generally dislike I mean there are people that I don't hang out with as often but they're that doesn't mean they're not my friends um and I just, I hang out with them all the time. And I, you know, really, like, from day three, I was like, okay, guys, like, let's have a philosophical talk. We were talking about, like, pens and binders and, like, what what they mean and what their names mean. It's, like, the craziest conversation. But I feel like I'm really, I don't want to, I want to, like, humble brag, but um, I'm really good at connecting with people. I'm just really good at being able to see someone, even if they feel, like, even if they I can tell by the way they look or how they stand. Like if they're standing and they're left out or if they're uncomfortable in a group of people, I'll be like, hey, do you want to talk? Or like, hey, I like your shoes. And like, I'll just start a conversation and it'll just start rolling and rolling. And I'll like, you know, find out that this person like lived in, you know, I don't know, China before. Mm -hmm. I don't know, just random. But like, it'll start from like a simple compliment of like, I like your shoes or your hair is so pretty to like, you know, really getting to know the person. So two things to that, Kate. So one, I think that that your ability to do that, to notice somebody kind of hanging out and being nervous or whatever is probably absolutely related to your number three strength, which is empathy. Yes. So empathy is is the strength that really helps you be able to sense the emotions and feelings of other people. And so you're very fast at that. So that is today, that translates into emotional intelligence, which is really, really important. So that's probably part of what you're doing when you do that. For sure. The other thing I want to say is I had a fantastic guest on my show a couple weeks ago named Kate White and she um, was the editor-in-chief of Cosmopolitan magazine has written 12 books two of which are yeah two of which are on careers for women and she says for us women to own our excellence so now there's a way to do it so we don't come off brash and you did it beautifully but I really want to encourage you to own your excellence yes I don't want to seem like cocky and be like I'm such a good communicator but like at the same time I still want to be able to showcase my strengths. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful balance, and you did yes. it gorgeously. So Thank I just you. wanted to make sure that you you got that piece yes. in there. Thank, Thank you, Kate White. As usual, you you rock. <laughs> Um, okay, so your your second strength is communication. Yes. So one of the things I find interesting about you it, when we talked about this together is 
you said you, it's pretty easy for you to put your thoughts into words yes. and to speak it. I am rarely at a loss for words. Sometimes, every once in a while, it's very rare, but I will, you know, every once in a while, I'll struggle to find the right word to say something, but it happens very rarely. But I am really good at, like, putting things together. Even in English today, we're stating theses about a certain poem that we read, and I immediately was like, okay, we, you can fix that and say that so that it's not a to-be verb and, you know, something else. I'll just, like, immediately, like, it's almost like anagramming sentences, mm-hmm. which sounds very random. But, like, if you have a normal sentence and I can just, like, switch the words around to make it sound better and even more, like, professional and, you know, more mature. But it's, it's very random. But I can just always, like, I'm always shuffling words in my head. It mm-hmm. always, it's like a giant Scrabble board in here. I think that's gorgeous. And I'd say two things about that is, one is, I you know, you're in front of a camera. So not being able to, not having a loss for words would come in really handy. Thank yes. you very much. And two, what I know about people who have communication as a strength is oftentimes people who have that strength need to talk. Yes. I I'm not very good at being quiet. I'm a very <laughs> loud person. I'm, it's very hard to keep me quiet. I'm always talking about something. I mean, every once in a while, if I'm like really tired or hangry or whatever, I'll, you know, I'll get in my little mood and I'll be like, I need food. And then I'll get my food and I'll just be like, she's back. It's like, it's crazy. Like, it's a crazy transformation. I'm like out of my shell meal. I'm like, I'm back, like ready to go, you know, but um, I do really need to talk a lot. I, that's why my friends are so great is because they know that I need to talk all the time. And I'm always just like chatting, chatting, chatting. And they're the same way. They're always chatting too, but you know, it would be hard for you to, well, maybe not to be around a quiet person, but then you could always do more of the talking. Yes. <laughs> if they're a good listener, then that's a pro. Cause like they're good at listening and I'm good at talking. So like it kind of works hand in hand, but you know, I, think I still want a friend that talks. Yeah, I think that was the George and Laura Bush combo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number four for you is futuristic. Yes. So people that have futuristic strength it, are people that are really excited about the future. Yes. So how does futuristic, do you think, play into what you might do as a global broadcast journalist? I'm always thinking ahead, not too far ahead to where I'm planning what I want to, you know, where I want to live when I'm 70. I'm not planning that far ahead. But I'm always, like, planning where I want to go next, what I want to do, what I want to talk about, like, different discussion points that I want to bring up in a discussion. And Perfect. it's, you know, I think that would really work with my, you know, career interest of broadcast journalism and, you know, giving ideas, like, sharing ideas and be like, yo, we can talk about this because that would come in really handy with what's going on over here, you know, and, like, bringing things mm. together because I'm always, you know, I'm always thinking, I'm always talking, there's words always going on. So it's easy to like really, you know, pick something here and relate it to something in the future and just, you know, that's gorgeous. bring it all together. I'm very envious of that. I don't have that, that strength. <laughs> that's not mine. That's why I have to borrow you. Okay, the last one, number five, interestingly enough, is adaptability. So people who yes. have adaptability strength are really good at just going with the flow. Yes. So how does that show up for you, and how do you think you'll use that in this career? Well, I'm very spontaneous. I just like to go with the flow of things. I never, I mean, I, according to my futuristic, I do like to plan, but I don't like to plan, like, too intensely where, like, at 2.44, I'm going to go downstairs. At 2.45, I'm going to grab my snack. 2.46, I'm going to be up at my desk. Like, I'm not that, like, you know, direct. But... I still like to plan, and with adaptability, I feel like I can really go with the flow, and 
even when I was dancing, our, our teachers would often change choreography very last minute. So I'd really have to adapt quickly and be like, okay, so instead of doing this and me being on this side of the stage, I'm going to be on stage left doing something completely different that I have seen done during countless rehearsals, but have not done myself. So it's, you know, you really have to like be quick. Like my brain is very fast and like, you know, ready to go, like very fiery and just quick. Um, so I think it kind of comes from dance. And now I'm not really adapting that much now. I mean, I am slowly adapting, but it's not as quick. So I'm not necessarily using it as much now, but I definitely think I will in my future. Well, I think as a, as a, as a global broadcast journalist, I can well imagine you in scenarios where, you know, you get maybe somebody shows up on the scene you didn't expect at all. Yeah. You're like, you, come over here. I'd love to talk to you. Yes. And you wouldn't be derailed by that. Like, oh, it's not part of the script. It's not part of the plan. Yeah. I don't get nervous by any of that. I mean... If someone comes in, like, ready to, you know, perform and they're ahead or they're behind, I'm like, okay, well, if they're behind, I'm going to stall for a while. And, you know, that's easy with my communication because I can just, you know, talk, 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 talk while they're, you know, while they're still getting here and while I'm waiting. That's perfect. And, you know, if they're ahead, I can, you know, bring them into something else. Gorgeous, Miss Kate. Well, let's take our final break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Kate Benedict. She's a member of the Generation Z and a 17-year-old junior high school student at Lake Hill School here in Dallas. She spent years cultivating a dedicated career in dance and is now excitedly preparing for another chapter in her life, college in a couple years, and potentially a career in global broadcast journalism. She joins us today from my studio office here in Dallas with me. We've been talking a bit about how she's transformed herself from a focus on dance to now a new focus in this broadcast journalism. After the break, we're going to talk a little bit about how she can develop some of those journalism talents to get her started and get her ready. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Kate Benedict, a 17-year-old junior high school student at Lake Hill School here in Dallas. She spent years cultivating her extensive talents in dance and celebrates this career with the pinnacle of training and performing with the Boston Ballet in July and August of 2016. She was now excitedly preparing for another chapter in her life, college in a couple years, and potentially a career in global broadcast journalism. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So for this last segment here, a bit of time that we have left, Kate, I kind of wanted to focus on really developing these talents as you get started and make your way from high school into college. Okay. So so as a senior, you're, you're a junior in high school. Have you thought at all about where you want to go to college? Do you have an idea of where you'd like to go? I recently just started researching for college, actually, which is really great. Um, I've always been drawn to East Coast or West Coast. I don't want to be anywhere in the middle. I just feel like it's not... I don't want to be stuck. And since obviously I grew up in Florida, I want to be by a beach. You know, I want to have access to water and, you know, be close to water. (laughs) Um, 
I've thought of more liberal art schools in like mm-hmm. cities. Mm-hmm. I really want a big city environment, but I want more of a smaller school. Um, you know, like Pepperdine. Pepperdine's like one of my top ones. Um, Fordham, actually. I love Fordham right there in the middle of Lincoln Center. And I mean, there's dance everywhere. So, you know, it's perfect. If I still want to get back into dance, which recently I've actually thought a lot about, um, I, it would be super easy to, you know, revive that passion, which would be so great. Um, but somewhere in a big city, something, you know, liberal. So I can major in communications and I can still take other arts and psychologies and study like what it means to be a human being why did you stop all of your focus on dance i just got so burned out i was so tired i was training you know at least five hours a day six to seven days a week i was exhausted i was doing like that that amount of intensity for about i want to say four years so it it catches up to you. Like yeah. you get really tired. I, I totally get that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. And if you find a way to incorporate all of your interest in a full life, that's pretty yeah, splendid. That's what I. That's what I'm looking for in schools and cities. I, I think that's great. Well, when I teach at SMU and I teach a, a lot of students about how to go get and keep their first job, and I always tell my students that work is very much a socialization process. Yes. So, and that means, you know, in terms of how you communicate to other people, how you connect with other people. So, do you have any idea, your, what's your plan to socialize your, your career interest in global broadcast journalism? I think in broadcast journalism in itself, I mean, it is a form of communication, but it's just, it's, I mean... I wouldn't say the gateway, but I mean, it's right. It's handed to you being able to socialize and really work together with your coworkers. It's like in the palm of your hand when you take up broadcast journalism, because it's like, okay, you're going to be in front of a camera in front of a large audience like I am right now. Um, And you're just going to have to talk and you're going to have to work with your coworkers on what to say and what like you're going to have to plan it all out. And I think like I said, with working, it's going to be difficult, but it's going to bring you and your coworkers closer together. Yeah. Yeah. And as, and so when, when we talk about socializing your career, you're going to need help to get this, to pull this off, right? You're going to need a lot of help. You're yeah. going to need people who, who see you, see your talents. You're going to have to go out and ask for what you want yes. and ask for positions, ask for an yes. opportunity. And so I want to understand next, when you think about getting yourself out there, what do you think would be useful? What would be helpful to you? If our listeners are hearing this and they're like, I like who this young woman is, <laughs> uh, I like where she's going, I could, I know I can see this or I've done this, what would be helpful to you to, to navigate this path forward? I mean, using your skills, obviously, and your strengths, that's really important because it's a gift. Like it is finding gift. out that my strengths were communication and woo and empathy and futuristic and adaptability, not in that order. Um, it's, it was amazing. Cause I was like, there is so much I can do with this and I, so much that I've already done with this. So I feel like if you don't use your gifts, it's wasting them. There's, you know, you've been given or yeah, you've been given this amazing gift of whether it's you know adaptability or I can't remember what your top strength is mine's achiever achiever like you have to utilize what you've been given before you can go take other things Mm -hmm. yeah and so one of the things you and I talked about in the session we were we were in together is it's the opportunity in this is how to point those strengths in life in a way that really brings you alive and brings your best yes you got to find the right 
format for that, the right playground for that. Yes. And so I do, I really do think and can see, and we'll see how this evolves for you, but I can completely see you in a career in, in broadcast journalism, yes. gallivanting across the globe and having meaningful, interesting conversation with people from all over and bringing them to life and helping tell their story. Yes. Gallivanting across the globe. I love that. You like that. That's you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's totally you. Um, but, and I, you know, with your, with your microphone and everything else, it's I, what I get to do to a, a little bit of an extent with the radio except that I'm stationary yeah. but the idea of going out to somebody yeah. and sharing their story would be phenomenal and I can totally see you doing that yeah I'm, I'm like I'm getting so excited thinking about it now because it's it? like it's you know the future it's here but it's, it's not here but actually no that's a lie it's here it could be here everything is coming together all at once right now it's the perfect ironic moment like I said before all the things are coming together at once well and the other thing about that Kate that's so important is and is to be able to share what it is that we want if for you to be able to paint that picture of your future that you want for yourself because when you do that what happens is you invite others to come into that fold and help you because they find that energy and your passion irresistible for sure, yeah right and so that's when i talk about socializing this to be able to share this is your direction where you want to go along the way what will happen is you'll meet people who say well kate i know so and so you should have a conversation with so and so he or she is at this station or they might you know tell you more about what's going on over here maybe they've got room for an intern or whatever yeah that's how you do it but you got the great news for you is you got to open your mouth which won't be hard (laughs) for you and you got to share that and along the way what will happen is you will meet amazing people who will help you continue to navigate that journey yeah it's oh my gosh it's so great I'm so like I'm thinking about it now and it's like make me so excited well and for me as somebody who works in the space of trying to help and turn on more people across the globe to the the possibility of how cool and what an adventure work really can be yeah I love getting to tell your story because Gallup says that only 15% of the global workforce is fully engaged and excited about their work 15 one five that's so small it's very small. In the United States, it's about 34 to 40%, depending on which what numbers you look at. Okay. But still, huge amount of opportunity. So if we can showcase you as the possibility of what could be, that's a part of the reason I wanted to have you on the show, Kate. Oh, thank you. You're oh welcome. Oh, my gosh, that my heart. This Isn't, is so great. It's, yeah. it's, it is really great. <laughs> Um, so, so in our last little bit of time together, I mean, you know, you, you know what the show is about. It's about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and find work that lights them up. Yes. Because if we're dragging ourselves through Monday through Friday to get to the weekend, I think that's a waste of a precious life. Yes. So with that sort of being the focus of the show and what you and I've been talking about, we've got just a couple of minutes, maybe 90 seconds. What would you like to leave our listeners with? Well, First, you have to ask yourself, or I feel like for me, I had to ask myself once I stopped dancing, what is my purpose? What does it mean to be a human being right now in this moment in time? And for me, that is connecting and communicating and like really pursuing my career. And it's, you know, like with my commitment and my strength and my passion, and now that I have my purpose and I know what I want to do, there is no stopping me. I'm like, I'm a bullet train right now. Yep. And people just need to find out what their purpose is and they need to dig deep down into themselves and find out what their purpose is. And they need to use their strengths to help grow their purpose and to help spread their purpose and make connections. Absolutely, completely agree and probably couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Amazing. Well, Kate, I have to tell you, it's really fun to have you on the show. I've known you for 
I guess nine years no, no, no 11 years 11 11, 11 years, years now that is crazy and it's been a remarkable to watch you just transform and continue to blossom and I really thank you for sharing your heart your spirit with the listeners across the globe thank you so much for having me I'm like so excited this is so great it, it is exciting it's just wonderful it's full of potential and promise it's just exactly. that's the way life should be potential you need to unleash your inner potential that's it that's what the people must do okay I love it great way to finish <laughs> So, listeners, if you want to get in touch with Kate Benedict and talk with her about her career aspirations or booking her as a guest on your show or anywhere you want her to, to appear, send her an email to katebenedict at yahoo.com. So, it's just her first name, Kate, and then Benedict, her last name, at yahoo.com. Or if you can't find her, reach out to me at lisalisecortez.com and I'll connect the two of you. Join us next week when we're, when we're on the air with Cynthia Bryant. She's an empowerment architect, author, speaker, TV, radio personality, lifestyle professional, spokesperson, coach, philanthropist, and goddess gardener. I love that last part. That's awesome. <laughs> we'll be talking about her numerous work outlets to empower and inspire students and adults everywhere to live their best lives. See you there. Remember that work is at least one third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. <laughs>